All right, friends, this is another amazing episode. It is with someone who I admire for so many reasons, was blessed to get to know her growing up and just to have been able to be surrounded by her inspiration, her motivation, her wisdom, her fierce advocating. She's a mom, she's a wife, she's a counselor, she's a professional development organizer, presenter. She has been your national, yes, national school counselor of the year and state of Michigan school counselor of the year. All well-earned, but most of all, she's real, she's authentic, and she's dropping some amazing, amazing leadership nuggets for all of you. So grab your notebooks, grab your pen or paper. You are going to want to take some notes, share this with somebody. Terry, girl, you rocked it. And I'm so excited for our listeners to learn from you today. Here we go, guys. All right, everybody. I am so pumped. I'm sitting here with just an amazing, strong woman and leader and friend and fellow educator. And I uh, just couldn't be more excited to welcome everybody to hear you, Terry. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy Friday morning and spending some time with us. Oh, my pleasure. Happy to be here. Yeah. So you have been a school counselor, a mom, a wife, just started your own business and consulting around, you know, students and wellness and helping schools and companies. Tell us a little bit about, just tell us a little bit about you so our listeners can kind of hear who you are and, and then we'll get into it. Okay. So I guess I'll start, uh, as Jen had mentioned, I am an educator. I started in education uh, about 18, 19 years ago as a teacher. Uh, after I taught for about seven years, I moved into the world of school counseling and absolutely found my passion and my love in regards to how I can help impact students and really make a difference in the lives of our, of our communities. So did that for quite some time and then uh, wanted to venture out for more because that's kind of how I am. I just am always looking <laughs> for the next best thing and the next new adventure and the new challenge. And so I got into this opportunity uh, with my company It's called Hatching Results. Uh, we're based out of San Diego. We are a school counseling consulting company. So what that means is we work with school counselors and administrators across the United States to kind of help develop uh, school counseling programs that align to best serve students. And so we talk about data, we talk about comprehensive programming, we talk about how to ensure that all students are getting what they need. Uh, and so I'm, in, I'm blessed now being in this position that I get to uh, work with school counselors and just make, make impact in the lives of more students across the U.S. So, so that's a little bit about my history. I, I actually, I joke with people too, because again, I kind of get antsy and I know Jen, you're probably the same way. I'm always <laughs> looking for like, what's a new challenge? What's something fun that I can push myself in a different direction? So I joke that I, uh, as a hobby, as, a, as two side hobbies, I also serve as the president of the Michigan School Counselor Association. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, just will help lead school counselors in the state of Michigan. And then I also serve as advisory panel member for the U.S. Department of Education Office of Career technical education. So I get to kind of get in that space with, with uh, legislation and politics and how to, you know, best make decisions that, again, impact students. So that's a real, real brief history, but just a little background. I love that you say just, just a little side hobby. <laughs> yeah, like, jokingly, like, right? Because it's a yeah. huge job, like huge job. <laughs> just a little side hobby. And I also love how you said, you know, you get this, you know, itch for lack of a better word to just challenge and grow. And I actually just shared something from Mel Robbins this morning 
talking about every seven years, we grow into new people, but often we just get comfortable and settle. And she was talking about like dream, like wake up and write down the five big things that you want to do. And you just, um, you've done that in so many ways in your life and you've modeled that for so many, not just women, but for, for all of us. And just thanks for leading that way because, um, it's cool when you see people, you know, like go out and crush it and you're like, yeah, I can do this too. So just, I hope, you know, your impact is great. Like it's with students and educators, but also just, just for the world out there. Like that's, that's super cool to have the courage to go out and, and do that. So, well, thanks for saying that I had a, you know, I remember, I can't remember where it came from. Cause you know, you meet so, so many people in your life that had an impact in different ways. And, you know, and oftentimes people I say like, who's had the most impact on you? And I can't say one person, like there's not one person, but I do remember what one person said to me at one point in time. <laughs> and it was, I think it was a coach probably at one point in time, but he just said, you know, just life's a journey. And like, you just have to appreciate each stage and that each stage is going to bring you to the next opportunity. You just don't know what it is yet. Right. So like sit in that space, enjoy it, uh, embrace it for whatever it's worth. And then when the next, when the next thing comes as part of your journey, like, don't be scared, just, you know, embrace it again and, and take it on. So I just try to live like that as much as I can. I love it. And sometimes that's hard because it's, there's so many unknowns, you know, you're just like as planners, I think as moms and wives and plant educators, we also like to plan. So like embracing the unknown, but also like having a plan is it's kind of, it's hard to live in that space, but it's, that's where the magic and the growth happens. So yes. Definitely. That's awesome. So you talked a little bit about like where you are professionally. Like I, I knew you growing up, we were actually in rival high school. So we got to play <laughs> against each other in sports way back in the day. Um, yep. Talk a little bit about how like your story and like just growing up as a kid and, and how did that lead you to where you are right now? And you mentioned a little bit with coaches and, and impact and things, but talk a little bit about that to us. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> where do I start? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a loaded question, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> that's a loaded question. It, it's a good one though. I actually, I spoke to this. It was, uh, I've had opportunities. I, I do keynote speaking across the U S I get to talk to educators and, you know, get them excited about what we do and our purpose and our why. And, uh, I actually got to talk to this to my old high school, uh, three years ago, I did their staff kickoff. And I, and I even said, shared that moment. Like I've spoken a lot of different places this is probably the most important place that I've ever had an opportunity to speak was back in my high school and kind of share my story of like how I came to be where I am right now and, and where it started. Because honestly, when I was in middle school and high school, like I did good things. I would say I, I was probably known as just an athlete, but very subpar mm -hmm. student. Uh, and probably that was by choice. I don't feel like I ever, uh, took the initiative to push myself in many directions as I do now. Um, right. I think I just took for granted that, you know, I like sports. I was competitive. I was an athlete that came naturally to me, but anything else aside from that, I probably uh, was shortcoming. I probably, I made a lot of bad choices <laughs> growing up, uh, go bad decisions as a teenager as, as teenagers sometimes do. Um, yep. So when I think back to like who I was as a student and like how I'd be viewed as like the educator that I am now, I would definitely not I would have viewed myself as a person that needed some help and support, but never really asked for it. Right. Like I was kind of like that silent sufferer that's like, looks good on the outside. Cause I was popular and I played sports, but like, I knew that there was some shortcomings happening and I was, it could have been, it could have went in a bad direction for me. And so knowing that I was that student and, and how I came to be into myself, I think that was obviously part of my journey, right? Like how mm -hmm. I came to discover like who, where my potential is and, and kind of growing through that. Um, I just think of myself like what I do now is is 
because of who I was then. Um, right. Too often people in education oversee the, the people in the middle, the kids in the middle that seem to be okay. They're not showing, they're not failing classes. They're not dropping out, but there's, if they just need a shoulder tap, like somebody to be like, Hey, look, you probably do better. If I yeah. just said somebody about like, you probably could do better, Terry. You know, I might have listened to that right, right. at that moment. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, how can I now through my own journey and know that I, because of who I've become as I'm so thankful for the educators in my life and how I've molded into who I am, but like, how can I empower other educators that for students just like me, that, that wouldn't, necessarily be your stellar 4.0 student that was headed off to a college mm-hmm. university right like mm-hmm. there's more of those students out there that I'm going to say are silently suffering than what we know amen absolutely especially now I think right with just all the hard yeah. stuff going on in the world I mean there's so many things and the silently suffering the internalizing things right like it's easier to see the kids who are acting out or who are you know doing things in ways that you can see externally but that internalizing um and not feeling, whether it's not feeling safe to speak up or um, not having that connection or whatever the reason is, but there, there are, there are a lot of kids and a lot of people that, so it's cool that you can connect in that way and that you can bring that perspective to, to other educators. Yeah, no, I think that kind of what, I mean, that, that fuels me. I mean, I know you read motivational books. I read motivational books. Like I, mm-hmm. one of the most impactful books I ever read was Simon Sinek's Start With Why. I'm sure you've come across it. I'm sure you've yep. read it. <laughs> it, and it. And it spoke to me so much because people would always ask me, um, like, Terry, like, how did you find the successes that you found? Like, I, I haven't said this yet, but I was named a national school counselor of the year. And so yeah. when that happened, people were like, why you? And I was like, I have no idea why me. Like, I really have no idea why me at all. Like, right. And then I read that book and it gave me a sense of direction to be like, man, because I operate from my why, like I, everything that I do is, is because of I, I'm passionate. I believe in it. It's because it's who I am as a person and not what I do or how I do it, but it's my why and my purpose. And so I think when people, and then Sinek says this, when people operate within their why, they just perform at a different level and they make a bigger impact than, than people that don't operate from that space. But it's it's the fact of recognizing it, right? Like, what is your why? What's your purpose? Yeah. And being aligned with that and staying true to that. You know, like, I think the one thing, one of the greatest things, I admire many things about you, but one of the greatest things I do is you are true to you. Like you are who you would be, whether you were in a group of 500 or you were in a group with five of your closest friends. Um, And like, that's super cool too. Like the authenticity that you bring is just yeah, knowing your why and being true to you. And um, it's not rocket science, but it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it, you're right. It's right. It, but I think it's just that moment of confidence when you find it. Like you find that sweet spot of just embracing like who you are and being okay with like, I have some flaws. I came through this journey. I'm not, I haven't always been perfect, but here I'm in this space showing up the way I can show up, right? And people appreciate that. That's awesome. So when you think about a leader, like you, you are a leader, you work with leaders from all over the country. Um, We'll talk more about your school counseling celebration in in a bit, but how, how do you define um, leader? Like, what does that mean to you when you see that? Hmm. I don't know if I can come up with like a definition, but when I think of leader, like there's certain things that come to my head that I, that me as leader, I always remain mindful of. Right. So like, one of the most powerful statements that's constantly in my mind is lead with head and heart. Like I always, um, you know, I think I always go back to like when, when leaders are in positions to make decisions, when they're in positions to inform others and lead others, I just think it's important to be authentic in that head and heart. Like you need to yeah. think logically, logically and, and strategically as to what the best decision is, but you also can't ignore the heart, that piece of it. So I think finding that balance is important. 
I definitely think I'm, I'm a selfless leader. I, and with that, I, I've been learning this more about myself as I think about like my own leadership style. Um, I, I don't know how this is going to come across, but I think sometimes strong, confident leaders can lead from the back. Like yes. when I'm in a meeting, I don't need to always be the first one to say anything and nor do I want to. Like, I, I feel like when we're in this position and, and let's say some of my coworkers that I might supervise and oversee are part of these decisions with me or, or conversations with me. I feel like as if, if I'm going to be the strong, confident leader that I can be to empower others to step up outside their comfort zones and say what they need to say, I can't always be the first person to speak. And I think I think other people may have a differing opinion with that, but I think my style is lead from the back, empower the people around you, support them as well. And then in doing so that you are a strong leader, because sometimes yeah. I think people confuse like leadership with like, always oh, the one making comments, always oh, the one making decisions. And, and yes, that's true at the end, but like what happens prior to that for those decisions to be made, I think is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you totally nailed it. And it reminds me of like being in the trenches with your people, right? Like you're in there leading with them and like coming alongside of them and empowering them. And um, I don't know if you've read Simon Sinek has another book actually called Eaters Eat Last, um, which kind of talks about that same oh. type of um, philosophy. Like, like, yeah, like you need to leaders like empower the people around them and take care of their people first um, and help them. And so when you said that, it reminded me of another one of his books. But. I have not read that, but I will definitely pick that one up it's because it's, it's a philosophy. It is. And I've worked with people that don't see that as leadership trait. So they'll be like, well, I thought, you know, like saying like, step up, be this leader. And I'm like, well, I kind of am in a different yeah. way. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, totally. Well, it's funny that you say that we did interviews the other day at school for a position and it was, and it happened to be all women. Um, and one of the questions was, it was for a coaching an instructional coaching position. And we, we said, do you see this role as a leadership role And um, every single person like shied away from it and did not want to say yes. And I was like, why is that? And they kept associating leadership to be in the boss or in charge or evaluative and I was like, oh, like, you know, in my head, I was like, no, like, that's not what a leader is, right? Like title doesn't necessarily define leader or evaluation doesn't like, just because somebody's in charge on paper um, doesn't necessarily define leadership. And so I was like, oh gosh, you know, at first I was frustrated, but then I'm like, nope, this is an opportunity for growth and to come alongside it and to change that perception of leadership. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad you said that. Well, I'm glad you said that because it reminded me of another, I mean, to your point, and I had another mentor that I've had in my life had said, you know, I don't need a, I don't need a title to be a leader. And I, and I think I've always embraced that, especially, yep. you know, I've, I've had titles in which I am leaders, but the ones, to be honest, the, the positions that I've held that weren't considered leadership positions, mm -hmm. um, I feel like I was the strongest leader in those spaces, even though I, the title may not have spoke leader. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I think about just our everyday roles, right? Like as women, like as whether we're, you know, daughters, sisters, friends, parents, like in our professional, personal lives, there's so many ways that we can lead, particularly as women, um, that we don't think of, um, and probably sell ourselves short a little bit. So I'm glad, I'm glad you touched yeah. on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you think of your everyday leadership roles, whether it's personally or professionally, what do you think has been one, I know there's lots of challenges, right? But what's been probably one of your greatest challenges and how did you overcome that? Can you think of one? And you're like, oh, there's so uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's like a daily. Uh -huh, <laughs> um, uh -huh. I, okay, 
I don't, so I'm going to, I'm going to share something that speaks to what you just asked, but have I overcome it yet? I don't think so. But the fact okay. that I acknowledge it, I think is part of the overcoming it. Right. Amen. Yep. It, it, so, um, I, I literally like my mind never shuts off. Like I am like a nonstop, like my head is turning things are going on. I have great ideas in the shower. You don't even know, like, <laughs> and then I forget, like, it's I'm like nonstop, right. Like all the time yep. about everything. And so I I think that can be hard sometimes for others to, uh, to take, to take in, right? Like, cause that can be yeah. intense. I, I know I can be intense sometimes when I come in with like, oh my gosh, let's do this. I've already thought about it in my head 50 million times. Right. And yep. I, so as, I think as a leader, like, I feel like it's important for me to keep that at bay. And I say as, as in my personal, in my professional life, right. Like sometimes I think that's a turnoff for people yeah. uh, when they're, when they're not in the same space that maybe you're in. Um, I, and so, and I actually see that. And I think that's what made me realize about myself as I started to see it in, in, in educators that I work with where there would be a, a, let's say a group of, let's just say a group of 30 counselors, right. There's always the couple that I'll, I'll identify right away. Like, Oh, those are the ones those, they don't yeah. ever stop. They're go-getters. They come in with their huge notebook of like, these are all the things. Yeah. And then I notice like how others of you are view that person. Like, and it's, sometimes it's like resentful. Sometimes it's angry. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that's cool. But that if they, that person doesn't recognize what they're doing, that could go in a bad direction. And so I think yeah. I makes it more mindful for me. Like I, I'm that person. <laughs> Right. So like, you're like, go get her all in, like, let's just jump in and do it. But how it could sometimes create the opposite effect. Like you want to empower and bring people along and like encourage them. And by doing that, sometimes it might turn people off or, or just discourage them even. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. I can resonate with that because I (laughs) I figured you could, (laughs) we were, we were just talking about this actually. Like I tend to like be like, yeah, let's do that and jump in and then sometimes I'm like this is awesome and then other times I'm like so that didn't work out exactly as I had <laughs> um but being humble enough to recognize that and to own that um yeah yeah that's a good one that's <laughs> you feel that yeah I had a Go ahead. I made me, made me think of, uh, I used to do this activity. Actually, it's probably one of my favorite leadership activities that I've ever done. And I, I just because it resonates so strongly with me, where it has like different types of titles of different types of leaders, right? So uh, one of the titles is a firelighter. And that's what I would be considered. And you too as Jen, there's like firelighters are like, they're super excited. They have these big ideas like, all right, I'm all in, let's do this. And they jump yeah. in and just do, like they just jump in and do because they're just ready because they're action oriented. And then there's, there's other people like the, the bucket fillers um, that are mm-hmm. more like, okay, can we make sure we get the details? We make sure yes. we understand the plan first. Can we slow down, right? Yes. And so like, I see these styles and I'm like, man, that's so like, I see myself in those spaces. And then, but that's where like, I think also strong leaders, I think they just understand like where other people's strengths are and where their weaknesses are, right? So I need those bucket fillers to be like, Terry, slow down. <laughs> Let's yep. take a minute and think about this and make sure it's done right. And then it will, and then we'll roll it out. Right. So, and being humble enough, like you said, to be like, yeah, you're right. Okay. Let's, let's chill and make sure everybody's on the same page. (laughs) Well, and open to that feedback. Like I think there's so many times I've worked with people that are so amazing mentors that are so open to feedback. It's give and take, right. Whether they're in a, you know, I don't want to say a higher up leadership position than I am, but it's, it's very reciprocal and give and take. And so I think you nailed it as the leader to be able to be like open enough to be able to be like, okay, yep, you're right. Like take that feedback from your team because it it matters Mm -hmm. and that's empowering to them, right? They feel valued when you're, when you're able to do that. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So 
if you think about specifically as a female leader, like as a strong woman, um, you, like I mentioned before, you lead this in so many ways by modeling, but what do you want to instill in like our future generation of female leaders and girls and women around us? So like specifically as a, as a female, what do you think that you want to instill in, in the future generations of leadership? Well, you used the word empower late earlier. So I'm going to, I'm going to capitalize on that mm-hmm. word. I think um, too often, and, and you see this with the young girls in, in schools, right? Like we we're so uh, quick to like bring others down or we, or we feel like, uh, you know, if you succeed, then I'm not succeeding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so there's a, instead of like lifting one another up to be like, we can all be awesome together. Uh, I think mm-hmm. females, especially for whatever reason, um, and not all females, but you know, there, yeah. that that's a mentality to say like, you know, how there's uncomfortableness in empowering another person to be successful because in doing so we may see shortcomings in ourselves, right? Or, or like if she's giving opportunities or she's in this space of leadership, then then I'm not as good as, right? Like, and, and maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe it's a mentality that we have as women, like we're trying to be competitive. We're trying to show our mark. I'm not sure where it comes from, right? but it's just like, how do we, I mean, I have boys, so I don't have young girls at home, but I work, right. I've worked with a lot of high school, like high school, yes. middle school students. And I just, I'm, I always think to myself, like, how can we change the mentality of our young, of our young girls, our young women to understand and embrace like who they are first of all, first and foremost as leaders, but who that, how they can also lift one another up and be stronger yeah. in doing so. Right. Like, I think there's nothing more confident and awesome and amazing about a person when they are so confident in who they are that they will be selflessly lifting up others. And in doing so they're, yeah. they're in this good stage. Right. Like, but it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's too much of a either or, and I, and I don't yeah. know how to get past that. Yeah. <clears throat> and, it, and, and like you said, where does that come from? Right. Like, is that in like, is that something that's just like, we think as we grow up, like, I just, I don't know. Cause I see it too, like that competitive thing, you know, like, and, and we're both competitors. Right. So but um, just something about lifting others up and bringing them along and helping particularly women and girls to know that, like, just because I'm elevating you doesn't mean that I'm lower or less, you know, like we're all, we all bring strengths to the game. So that's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. 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 I wish I knew the answer, but I know. And I think (laughs) think we're like, I see some, I have a 16 year old daughter and I see her challenges and her um, opportunities for growth. But I also, we have a lot of girls in our house a lot of times. Um, and it is cool. Like one of the things these girls say, which I love is um, like, if the girls like do something awesome or like anything, right. Whether they rock a test and they're academically awesome or they crush it in the athletic field or they're just a good friend or they just, whatever. They're like, yes, queen. Like that's the thing that they say. Yes. I love that. Like they just like totally like the way they encourage one another. And I don't know if I'm just lucky and I see that and I know it's a journey, but it's really cool. I think that that tide is shifting. And I think the girls coming up are very much more um, inclusive and empowering and like, girl, you can do whatever you want. And I'm going to cheer you on every step of the way, which is, which is fun to see. So. Yeah, no, I love that statement. You rock, queen. Yeah. But I would, I'm going to give you some props, Jen, because you probably won't think about it yourself. I mean, I'm sure that comes from some things that are happening in your household, right? When they see their mom as a as a leader and as a mentor, and and then your your daughter's friends see that. I mean, I think that's another part of it. You know, like us as adults and parents and. Yeah. How are well, yeah? How are we modeling that so that they your daughter sees you lift up females and people on a daily basis, right? So that's probably where that resonates from. So give yourself well, some kudos, girl. 
<laughs> Thank you. Because one of my challenges is, is when I, and I think this is another female thing. When you receive a compliment, you're like, oh yeah, but, but, and you, we can't accept them. So this is really hard for me, but I'm just going to say, thank you for that. Just- like, <laughs> that's it. Like, I'm not going to say, yeah, you know, because, because there's, I've been blessed to have a ton, be surrounded by a ton of strong females and that makes it, that makes a big difference. So it's cool that we can all pay it forward. Yeah. yeah. So if you think about this past year, <laughs> we talked a little bit about this before we started recording with your new role and consulting and um, starting this and stepping away from, you know, the school um, and COVID and just all the things that have been, been happening. There's so many challenges. Um, talk to us about just what you've learned, how you've grown, or just any piece of advice you could share with our listeners. Um, just leaning into the hard stuff. Like what, what is... I know, I know you could probably talk for five days on this topic, right? But just what are some takeaways from this last year that's just been really challenging for so many of us? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I mean, right? I, I think, it, so where do I start? Uh, you know, like, so we get to work with people in education and there's, there's no doubt this has been the most difficult time in education ever in the face of education, right? So there's that. And then when you think about parenting and being a mom, um, again, most challenging part in our whole entire life that we've ever yeah. faced, right? And so it's like, you know, capitalizing like where where's the growth? How did we learn? What what came from this, right? And um, I, I think for me, like I was always okay. So I'm gonna go back to what we said earlier, like always like purpose and goal driven, right? And, yeah. and and somewhat of a strategic planner, like kind of trying to forecast like where I see things happening in my life and and how I can reach my ultimate goals and. Mm-hmm. So like when the pandemic happened, there were so many unknowns out there as to like, maybe my job doesn't exist anymore. Maybe right. this isn't a need. Maybe, um, you know, it was like, how do I, then what do I do to support my family? Like my husband had some times where he was unemployed because of his business. And mm-hmm. so like, what do, what do we do for that? So there's like these financial, these economic, these professional challenges that everybody's facing. And we're not the only ones It was all over the place. Right. right? And so I just started to think about like, how can I still get the means to the end, right? So like how it, it, professionally, I'll speak to that. Like, how can I, if, if this doesn't work out for me and because of COVID pandemic, um, what are other ways in which I can still accomplish my goals? And so at that time I went back and got my admin credential as a, just in case, like, yeah, like that's something awesome. that I could go back and do at a different time. Um, and thankfully, I, I'm not thankfully, I don't need it at this moment. At some point right. in time, I may go back, go in that direction, but um I think for me, it's still kind of like, how do you adapt to the hardship? Like when, when the hard things are thrown at you, like, how do you not just like buckle down and say, okay, I can't do it. I give up. Like those moments you feel like that, but you, the, the ultimate thing is like, okay, how can I adapt and change to what's happening around me? Because there's a lot of things that are outside of our control still, like right. out way outside of our control. Right. So we could either sit in that space of, of sorrow and grief and say, I can't do it. And this is <laughs> too much. We could say that we could do that and give up. Or yes. we can say, this is with it's not within my locus of control. So what is within my locus of control as a, as a mom, as a professional, as a leader, like what is it with my locus of control? And I'm going to take that route because that, those are things that I have control over. And no matter what happens in this, with this crazy time, um, I'm going to be okay. Cause we're going to learn to adapt mm-hmm. and shift. And so that's a very general answer to probably your question, but I think that's what's helped me survive as a, as a parent, as a professional and to keep my own sanity, to be like, just separating the two there's some things I'm not gonna be able to ever control like right yep. 
Yeah. I'm going to be horrible at fifth grade math. I hate fifth grade math. I've realized <laughs> that as a, as a homeschool parent for the last year. Right. But what can I be? I can, I can show my kid how to problem solve. I can show him how to uh, advocate for himself by calling his teacher. I mean, like, just, you have to reframe it. Yeah. It's like, how do I reframe my thinking to figure out how I can manage this uncontrollable situation in a way that makes it okay for us? Yes. I love, love, love that. Like just taking what you can do because we could get stuck and like perseverate on all the things we can't and whine and complain and that's just not going to help anybody. Right. And we're just going to downward spiral and feel worse um, to focus on what you can. But what I also love that you said was like owning what you are not what your strengths are not and, and saying, okay, this, and, but what you did was you use that. I don't want to say weakness. Cause I don't think that's, that's a weakness necessarily, but like that opportunity to say, okay, this is something that I'm not super great at, but because of that, you built in all these strengths, right? Like the advocating and the, you know, problem solving and all that type of stuff. So, so often we look at our challenges or um, just things we don't aren't good at or aren't as good at. Um, but they really can be opportunities for growth and to enhance our strengths, which is kind of cool. So yeah, no, I agree. And I, you know, uh, the company that I work with, the Hatch Results, is we 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 thrive ourselves on being a strength-based company. And when I think about that yeah. and like leadership in companies and or in organizations, I think that's so important because so so often we're saying like, okay, this is a need that we have, so we need you to automatically fill it. Well, I will have certain strengths that will allow me to fill that need, but I won't. I won't have strengths in everything that's maybe needed for yeah. that position. So like, what are my strengths and how can I capitalize on what I'm really good at and what I'm not so good at? Like, are there other people on my team that can help fill those spaces? So yeah. like that strength-based approach, I really, I love that about our company uh, because yeah. we just like, we identify it and say, okay, these are, Terry, you need to thrive in this space. And these mm-hmm. other spaces that maybe you can't thrive in, we, you can, we're going to manage it. We're going to pick somebody yeah. else up in those spaces to help you help support that that's work. Cool. That's cool. And it's empowering to you and to the person that's able to collaborate alongside of you, which is, yeah. And I have to say this, because I'm sure that there's some, there's moms and families and on this call, (laughs) Jen, you've been in education for your whole life. I've been in education (laughs) my whole life. And I can't even imagine the the struggles that our families had to go through. I mean, there were times I couldn't, I didn't know how to access my kids' Zoom. I didn't know how to check my kids' grades. I was like, I was felt like a hot mess. And I'm like, I'm in education. I talk to educators every day and I cannot figure this out, right? And then yeah. on top of that, I was I was able to work remotely. I was working from home. And I, and I just kept thinking back to the families and the communities and those parents that hadn't come from the privilege that I'd come from of knowing some of those things and being in positions where I can work from home and not have to leave my family and I just is perspective wise right like there was no part of anything that we had going on in our household that we need to complain about because we know that there were people that had it much more worse much worse than we did Mm -hmm. I'm glad you said that because I think about that as a mom right like just like you're right we have a ton of experience and we can teach the bejeebers off of you know all this but when it's your own kids and your own space and all the hard things like what families did this year um is amazing. I mean, I don't even have the words yeah. <laughs> to describe yeah. it. So yes, I'm glad you took a minute to shout out the parents out there that were, you know, doing fifth grade math and pulling their <laughs> hair out. <laughs> I never thought I had to do that again in my life, right? Like, there you go. Then the yeah. pandemic happened. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> so you talked earlier, you touched on, you ha- um, earned this amazing honor of um, being the national and the state school council of the year. And you just 
like following that journey with you, um, for those that don't know, you can go back. I mean, you were able to travel and introduce Michelle Obama, which right? I mean, so many cool, cool things. And I remember watching you that day on the TV and it was just like, I get goosebumps because, um, one, you deserve the honor so much as an advocate for kids and, um, just schools and education. So that's super cool. Um, but just your journey and knowing your journey, like talk about like that experience. I, I mean, another, again, like probably another five day conversation, but what are some of your greatest takeaways just from that experience? And it's, no, so like it, I mean, do you think it led you into where you are now? Right. Oh, totally. Totally. That, that was part of the journey, right? Like how each stage of your life is yeah. will lead you to the next, next stage of the journey. But you know, in those moments, <laughs> It was so stressful in those moments. There was no, I, I wish I could go back and really like just slow down time and just really uh-huh. like appreciate the moments because it was just so much just good stress, good stress. And that wasn't a bad thing, but like when you're asked to speak at the white house for the, uh, Michelle Obama's final farewell speech. And I, I, I can't even make yeah. this up. I'll share this story with you. It just blows my mind. So already anxiety inducing, right? Like, okay, I have to go to the white house. I have to present Michelle Obama. She's going to speak on my behalf and school councils across the nation. So there's that pressure, but because it was her final farewell at the white house, everybody was invited. So Usher was there. Jay Farrell was there. Um, there were stars. I can't even name all the stars that were there. (laughs) That were So, so here's Arnie Duncan was there. He's like an education star, right? right? So, so I'm, in this room of presenting this speech to Michelle Obama. And so I'm like, where do I look where I don't throw up? Because this is a huge <laughs> moment, right? So I look over here to the left-hand side and I see Usher sitting there. And I, would I just talk to him like a half hour before? Because yeah. they're like, you want to go meet Usher? And I'm like, absolutely. Yes, I want to go meet Usher. I like that, no, that, that. So I see these stars here on the right-hand side and I'm like, I can't look there. And then I'm like, well, I look in the back and there's like, CNN, Fox News, ABC, CNBC, like all these cameras. And I'm like, well, that definitely gives me anxiety. <laughs> and then in the right-hand corner in this little spot, there was Arnie Duncan and then my family, right? And my mom and my dad and my and my husband and my kids. And it was like, I just looked at them because that, yeah. like, as, and it gives me goosebumps to think about it because as important as that journey was to like our profession and me as a professional, um, like that's like my family's always been at the core of what I do. Right. And, and like why, like why I strive to do, to be who I am. And so I just stuck in that space and, uh, you know, and I, I think about this often, like I, so I was this, I was a spokesperson for all the great things that happened in education. Like I am not the only one that's done what I've done, but right. right. Like it's not that I've done anything special to be like, you're the one that because you did this amazing thing that you're about to be on the stage. I do what yeah. every educator does every single day. And so I, and then that was always my message. And I, th- I think that's my takeaway now when I think about it is like, I was an, I was given opportunities to put educators and counselors on, on a stage that yeah. so that other people can understand the value of what we bring. So it's not the value of what I brought personally, because what I do is what everybody else does. Like I don't do anything yeah. different. Right. So it's like, I'm, ele- I was given opportunities to elevate the voices in the everyday lives of people who are in education, how they make an impact on students. And so that for me was like, now, now I can see that. Like now I go back, like, that's why. Okay. I, I'm yeah. good with that. Yeah. Which is really cool because that voice was needed. It still is needed. Right. And to be able to have, you know, people of influence and, and you were leading with your influence in a positive way and elevating others. Again, you going back to that leadership, like you're bringing everyone along and empowering 
you know, the whole nation of educators in so many ways and inspiring them, which, you know, that like when you toss a stone out into the lake and like the ripple keeps going, like the ripple effect of that work is still going. And then somebody else got to toss out a stone and keep it going. And I think that's that legacy piece. That's just that that's cool. But it was, it was fun. I remember we were all like watching from our couches, like (laughs) hearing from you. I'm like, it was just amazing and you crushed it side note like oh thank you <laughs> from watching it did not look like you were gonna throw up anywhere like you oh, looked good. amazing and awesome so just so you know <laughs> well I didn't eat 10 days prior to that because I was so ready <laughs> I mean, just, just, there's a lot going on right a lot of pressure no, and you know in those moments you know you're just you're just in that space and you're not thinking about like the magnitude of what's happening and I remember after afterwards you know I I can't even I don't even know how many text messages I got like oh my gosh, Terry, like you are all over the place. Like you're on time, you're in time magazine. You're like on CNBC. We see you here. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, what's that? And I didn't even understand at that moment, like what what was happening, how big that was. So I'm just appreciative to be a part of it. And so, and through it all, just again, I go back to your authenticity and you're humble and you are like, who you were talking to Usher is the same person (laughs) as you were talking to your, right? Like, honestly, like, like, that's cool. Like aligning with your why and who you are and being true to you. And just like, that is true leadership in so many ways. So kudos, kudos. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So, okay. I'm going to ask you maybe even a more difficult question. If you could talk to your 15 oh. year old self. So like now knowing what you know, and you could like go back in time and see that 15 year old girl, what would you say to her? Uh, just that, just, <laughs> I don't even be patient. You're going to find yourself. You, it, it'll be okay. Uh, I said earlier that I think I questioned myself. I know I questioned myself a lot and mm-hmm. probably sold myself short, short in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so I think I would just, you know, I would want to be one of those girls that I mentioned earlier that wants to empower others, right? I needed that. Like I needed, I need other girls and people in my life to be like, yeah, you're okay. So you're in this 15 year old space, but you're going to reach your potential one of these days and just, just yeah. wait for it. It'll be, it'll come. Um, and, and everything that I did, I, so like, there's no regrets, like not one, like right. I made some really stupid choices, but there's not one to regret that I've had. That's like, Oh, I wish I would have done that. Cause I do truly feel like every decision that I would have made from a 13, 15, 16, 18 year old girl had led me to where I'm at today. And if yep. I wasn't in those spaces, I wouldn't be able to have the perspective that I have now and the, in like mm-hmm. the goal to say, I want to help students like that, you know? So yes, it's just getting to that point of realizing the big picture later on is a little bit more difficult at that as a 15 year old girl. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I think that's important for our young youth to hear too. Like, right. Like it's embrace that journey. Like you'll get there, like stick with it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So you have said Oh my gosh. So many, like (laughs) just real and like empowering and inspiring. And you've talked about like your journey professionally and how you continue to grow and aligning with your why and being authentic and empowering others, which is the message. I think so many, well, quite honestly, not just women need to hear. I mean, this podcast is really geared for women, but I think it's something that like all leaders, all people, all human beings should hear. Um, so many, so many great nuggets, but if there was, if you had to pick like the one thing, like if you're like, okay, if you hear nothing else in this message today, like the one thing that you want people to remember and just to like take away from this conversation, what might that be? I know, right? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think, I think just 
as simple as this may sound, just be you, be, be you as a leader, right? Like, I, again, I'm going to go back to something I mentioned earlier. I think oftentimes there's this, they, people feel as if I have to present myself a certain way um, in order to be viewed as a leader or as anybody that's trying to make a difference. And, you know, like they just, and it's, it's not like people, I actually, insp people inspire me every single day in different ways, right? And and they don't even know it. They have no idea. So everybody from the people at my gym that I start my day with, yes. people that I see in the streets to families that I connect with, I mean, they just don't know. And so I just think if you're authentically you and that you recognize that, you know, within yourself, there are certain ways that you inspire others all the time without even knowing, just embracing that, right? And don't try to be something that you're not. Like, so if you're trying to you know, act a certain way to be in a certain position or be viewed a certain way, don't do it because it's not genuine and it's not going to be comfortable for you. I just think oftentimes, and you see this with professionals and anything, not just education, but we put ourselves in these spaces that maybe are outside of our area of expertise or area of strength, and then we're yeah. not happy, right? Then we're not happy. Well, yeah, because it's totally. not you. So just, yeah, you just figure out just who you are and, and just recognize that it just looks different for different people. In, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I think of that. I, I think so many times, you know, when I started my teaching career, a lot of people know, like I um, lived and worked in the same community and my kids went to the same school. And so I struggled with that a lot. Like I struggled with, oh my gosh, like my perception of what I thought other people's perception, which now when I say that out loud, I'm like, that's super whack. Right. But no, it's, it's reality. Yeah. <laughs> like I struggled with, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do this or I can't, you know what I mean? Or I should, or I should act this way or I should like this or I should, you know, and, um, and finally, I think part of it is just growing older. And like, once you hit 40, I think that helps, but <laughs> I've said that before. I was like, I love my forties. Cause I finally found I myself and I don't care what anybody else says. I got it. I got it figured out. <laughs> right? Like I, there's just, you, but you almost have, you have to grow through that, right? Like you have to just that journey piece. Um, because how I was in my early thirties, I'm a very, very different person. Not, not that it was bad in my thirties. Right. But so many times where I would maybe shrink down or just like not be afraid to be my truest self because I was worried so much about what other people thought. Um, and you nailed it. Like people that you don't even realize you are inspiring and inspire you. So yeah, that's, that's good advice. Very good. Awesome. All right. So these are easy. These are just like speed round, um, inspired by Brene Brown. Um, she has two amazing podcasts and she always does these and they're super, super duper fun. So, um, just the first thing that comes to your head. All right. Okay. <laughs> I know. So I can't, do, I can't go into detail. I just have to like give no, brief responses. Okay. I mean, you can, but it's, it's I'll try not to. I laugh because this is the round that I think stresses people out the most. Like I interviewed one of my friends who's a teacher the other day um, for my podcast around anxiety. And this, I did this with her and she was like, <gasps> like, she goes, you just made my anxiety going to overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> in the anxiety, anxiety I, podcast. In the anxiety podcast. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> ironic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what is your favorite show to binge watch? So I don't watch a lot of TV, but I got caught up in Manifest. I watched the whole oh. thing. Yeah. It's so yeah. it's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. Yep. Manifest. I started watching that and I heard the ending was like, whoa. I'm only on season two. So I right now okay. I'm a little thrown. I, I'm known where we'll see. All right. All right. <laughs> Favorite food. Uh any kind of steak. I would love I'm just American girl steak. Love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Something that people would be surprised to learn about you. Oh man. 
Um, I feel like I have bouts of uh, being an introvert. And I didn't know that's about myself until recently. I am very extroverted, obviously. Like if yes. you had me in person, we'd be like, <laughs> we'd be hugging and, you know, all that stuff. But I, I real maybe it's because of COVID. Um, I realized yeah. that I found serenity in some being an introverted and that when I'm in spaces like where I'm traveling a lot for work and I'm constantly on stages and in front of people and yeah. talking, there's these moments that I'm just, I can't do it. I'm just done. And I just need to recharge my battery. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just really, I find, I actually have this place. My mom has this place in Muskegon. Um, it's a little lake house. It's called Lake Tahoe, but it's over in Mears, Michigan, like Shelby area. Uh, yes. Right. Yeah. And it, it, I tell people like, look, if I, you don't hear from me, that's where I'm at. Don't call me. Cause I'm in my space that I don't want anybody around me. And I just need to be in that space with be with my family. Yeah. That's awesome that you named that. Cause I think we often push so hard, right? Go, 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 go. And to recognize and to be able to say, I just need some space alone or, you know, to recharge with my people or to recharge with nobody. Like sometimes I just have to put in my like headphones and get on my bike and like go ride and not talk to anybody, you know, cause not yep. that you don't people cause we do, but yeah. Recharge your battery. It's important to do that. Yes, nice. definitely. So, um, I know you travel a lot, but if you could travel anywhere, where would it be? It could be someplace you've already been, or maybe a bucket list place. Um, I would love to go to Japan. My grandmother was from Japan. And so, uh, she's now passed away, but we have family. I, I have family connection there that I've never had a chance to meet. Um, and so I would love to, to be able to do that. That would be super cool. Very yeah. cool. So if anyone uh, wants to sponsor a uh, trip yeah. for me out there, whoever, whoever's yeah. listening, if anybody would like to sponsor the trip, just I'll give you my contact information at the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> drop a check in the mail. I think that yeah. would be great. You know, you could go speak about it or something, right? Like you'll, you'll give back. I think so. I think so. Just opportunity. If anybody's interested. All right. All right. All right. And I should probably go with you just so you have a travel buddy. So okay, that you fair. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, all right. If you had a magic wand, what would you use it for? Oh, so this is top of mind for me right now. So this is definitely where I would use it for. Uh, I don't know how the best way to say this. I would love to kind of just erase all inequities and in, in anti-racism and social justice yeah. concerns that we have. I just feel like, especially the last year, it's, there's been a lot of awareness around it that needs to happen, that people need to understand that this is, that there are, uh, there are people of color that have been disenfranchised for a long time and so yeah. um I don't think I would erase I don't think I would erase all like the word that has how that started and where it comes from but the fact that I want to get people's minds in the right space to make yeah. make sure that we're rectifying um mm -hmm. the the systemic racism that's happened over the last <laughs> lifetime <laughs> and right. how we need to do better by that yeah that's that's powerful and I think you named it like just not necessarily like changing that just wrapping people's brains around that it's real and legit and how that impacts people and not, not uh, blaming from a blaming aspect, but just from a, like, let's name this and move forward and be better. Right. Like, yeah. like, like you kind of going back to the, you can't control everything. Like we can't change necessarily, but we can do better from this moment forward. We can honor that, you know, and move forward and name it. So that's a good one. That's really yeah. Good. No, I like how you said that too. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't think a magic wand changes history. You can't just change right. history, but I do wish we could change our perspective and how that history is viewed for other people yeah. outside of yeah. white privileged people. Right. Yeah. So, and that's, yep. Yep. 
And kudos to you for having the courage to say that because that's such a, you know, touchy but important um, conversation that we have to continue to have around it. Mm -hmm. That's not going to go away um, and we need to lean into it and be, be, you know, one of the things Brene Brown says is she talks about rumbling with the hard stuff. Like we have to get in and rumble with this. Like we have to, you know, sort through it. It's messy, but it's, it's important work. So, yeah, no, I agree. I like that rumble with the messy. I it's, there's fear that happens. Like, like, I don't want to say things the wrong way. I don't want to be perceived the wrong way. I don't want to, I don't want for people to understand this differently than what I'm trying to, you know, cause it's hard. It's messy. It's not yeah. easy to, to speak on. Um, but that's the only way we're going to get better. And, yeah. you know, I just acknowledging that there's a lot of growth that needs to happen <laughs> in these spaces yeah. of, of yeah. realization of where we are. Yeah. That's cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you talked about this a little bit and this might be uh, hard, but greatest piece of advice that you've ever received. I know you've received lots and you talked a little bit about what some coaches have said, but can you think of anything else? Um, I think just to go, I, mean, I kind of touched on this a little bit, just to appreciate each stage for what it's at in your journey, right? Just embrace yeah. it and not, and not just be like, always looking forward to the next thing. Like I'm never looking, I'm enjoying this thing. And so yeah. I'm not be like, Oh, I can't wait to be done with this. I can't wait to do this. Yeah. I can't wait to do this. Like, yeah, it's in my mind. So I'm goal oriented, but I'm not, I'm just going to appreciate where I'm in these spaces. And I, this is funny. This is, I do have to share this. I haven't said this yet. Uh, I was on an airplane with this and I, and, and on airplanes, I'm like the most introverted person. Like, don't talk to me. Like, I just like to <laughs> put my headphones in and I just, I, I don't know. I just don't like to talk to people. Leave me alone. But yeah. So I was sitting randomly sitting next to this man and um he was a, you could tell he was a traveler as well and I don't know what he did because I didn't want to talk to him right right <laughs> but somehow we had started some type of conversation about like what we're doing and why we're traveling and whatever and we were sharing and and he, I can't remember why he said this but he said uh you know whenever I have new opportunities that come my way whether they're big or small or scary or different he's like I always say yes he said I always say yes and then later I figure out how I'm going to do it. And he said, and the reason why I do that is because sometimes if we wait too long to, to think on things, we, we discard stuff that seems scary or hard or different. So I just yeah. always say yes. And I was like, man, cause it made me think, I'm like, I don't say no to a lot of things. Like Jen, you had right. said, you want to do this podcast? I'm like, yeah, I'll do that podcast. Like there was yeah. no hesitation, right? No, you didn't just hesitate do it. We just do it. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah. so I just think about like that, like all the things that I've said yes to have actually led to some pretty awesome opportunities. And when you think about it later, you're like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but you'll figure it out. You'll figure, you'll figure it, it out. out. Yeah. So That's yeah. Awesome. So just to the man, to the man on the airplane, I can't remember where we were going or where we were. Uh, thank you. That I still think about that oh. comment. <laughs> cool that's a cool story and the impact yeah. of like people I mean first of all the fact that you were talking to a stranger on the plane but you didn't even like to right right and I totally yeah bye <laughs> yeah and then he said something profound that has stuck with you and impacted you and then you were able to share this with all of like like that's what I mean like that ripple effect right like these like you don't know we don't know who we're inspiring at any given moment like that random guy in the plane could be inspiring somebody that's listening to this in Japan, right? I mean, you just, <laughs> yeah. I know. And I always, I mean, not to get like spiritual or anything, but I, I, I truly think right. that things happen for a reason. And there's all these spaces I was reading. Uh, actually, I, I need to order that book again. Cause I get, get a chance to, to read it, but there's, um, Chan, Dr. Chan Hellman, who's out of Oklahoma state university has read the power of hope, but there's actually science yeah. and power that when people feel more hopeful, they actually can succeed in spaces like academics and in business. And so there's a, there's a science behind the power of hope. Nice. So I started reading this book. And I'm like into it, like, this is great. I love it. 
And then I forgot it on the airplane. And I was so mad. Oh. I was about to go back. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to go back because I'm going to guess that I, that was left there for a reason. And I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that somebody else picked that up oh. at some point in time, right? You just cool and that they can read it i'm gonna order that the power of hope that sounds awesome yeah. yep by dr chan hellman it's i need to order it again as well so because it's gone in somebody Very else's cool. hands now well and it's fun like we're kind of nerds about data and all things right yeah. like we're very like warm fuzzy raw inspirational but also like i mean i can say this in a totally science. competent way like we are also kind of nerdy about the you know science part and the data part behind it so i love that those two pieces those two worlds come together. That's super cool. <laughs> you love it. So I know you're, so not to, you know, because I get nerdy about this because I am a self-proclaimed data nerd. I tell people all the time, it's <laughs> who I am. So I saw, I embrace it. It's all good. Yeah. But um, there's actually some curriculum. And so as you talk with your teachers this upcoming year and they talk, yeah. there's like different assessment tools that you can use to assess uh, students' power of hope, adult hope scores, and then how that correlates to their achievement. Yeah. So oh. check it out. Okay. You've got my wheels turning because we start school in a week and we've got, you know, welcome back PD, like all that stuff. So I'm going to hop on Amazon right after we get off this call. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. love it. Love it. All right. So speaking of books, um, the last question, what is on your nightstand right now? So nothing, no, nothing's on my nightstand right now Good because I you. typically, when I lay down, I go straight to bed, but I am reading. Um, actually, I just. A couple, I, so this speaks to what we did. We just talked about, um, I, I'm reading street data right now. I don't know if you've heard of street data. Oh, I haven't. So it, it just talks about different type of data metrics that you can collect that's more um, equity focused in thinking uh -huh. through the lens of disenfranchised student populations and how the academic achievement data is not always the data that's really gonna tell the story of impact. So mm -hmm. street data is what I'm reading right now. And what I just finished reading prior to that, I'm just gonna sound super nerdy because it's nothing for fun. There's like no romance novels or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> I also read the cult culturally responsive teaching in the brain, which was super yeah. cool that did talk about like the brain and how that operates and how there's, when there's inequities and gaps in education, a lot of times it goes back to the cultural mm -hmm. um, way in which we do things and approaches. Yeah. So systemic. You led a book study. That was the book you did your book study with, right? So like not yes. only did you read it, but you, brought in educators from all over the place because I know people in my district were part of that experience um, and that's spoke right. very highly of it so um, yeah so that's cool too like not only were you taking your learning but you guys probably had some really powerful conversations around that oh yeah it was good it was good and you know it's uh I had never even heard of that book prior to this book so yeah mm -hmm. I think we, we had voted on it I think there was like five or six books that we had and we just kind of sent it out like hey who would be interested in a book study what are the, which yeah. ones and that one, I don't even know where it came from. Somebody had suggested it and it was, it is probably one of the most powerful books that I, you know, like when you, so I was reading it for a book study. So I was kind of going quicker than what I would want to yeah. like, oh, I have to get this done. I have to do this. Right. So I, that's yep. one of the books I need to go back and read again, just through a different lens of not doing it for the book study, yeah. but actually like as a learner. So definitely yeah. worth the read. Yeah. I like that you said that, like rereading books again. And I think whatever season we're in in life or whatever, or like whatever's happening around us. The, our lens does change and shift. So the impact of rereading is, is good. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, girl, this has been like, it's been good for my soul. Like it's given me, we start school in a week and we just came back from our admin retreat. It's been great and good, but you know how, like when you sit through um, PD for a couple of days and you feel awesome, but then also you're like, holy overwhelm and you're just feel like you're drinking from a fire hose and yeah. you're exhausted before you even get started. Um, so this has been like selfishly very 
refueling shot in my arm, good energy for my soul. So I just, I want to, and to be able to see you, even though it's just virtually, um, and to be able to laugh that my smoke alarms were going off right before we started <laughs> and to just be real. Um, and you know, I'm, thank you. Like I can't, I, I knew when I asked you, I knew you would say yes. <laughs> um, cause I, I yeah. Also, cause that man on the plane said yeah. I should. <laughs> Yeah. But I also know how incredibly busy you are with, you know, all the things. And so I hope you know how much I just appreciate the time that you extended to all of us to be able to learn and to grow with you. Like it, it means a ton. And I know that, um, you know, it just, it matters. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Well, thank you for the opportunity. No, honestly, like I do say yes to a lot of things, but this was especially one thing that I definitely want to make sure happen. So I just appreciate the opportunity to speak. And I obviously love speaking about leadership and I love speaking about women empowerment. So there was no way I was saying no to this one because this is just like, <laughs> right. My, like my two areas that also fuel me and give me a shot of energy. Right. So I'm, yeah. so thank you for giving me the opportunity to be able to start my Friday on a, a good note. Cause yes. nothing good. I mean, it's all going to be good from here on out. Right. It's going to be a great day. Absolutely, Girl power. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, listeners, thanks so much, Terry. It's been wonderful. And guys, um, just, yeah, she's a rock star. So I'm, I hope you learned something. All right. Thank you.